This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Episode 5 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsor of the week is Biostar US. This is Tigger Montague. And this is Patty Perucci. And you're listening to Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Our guest today, Beth Haste from The Horse, of course. And, of course, we have Asked he- Ask Hedwig. Yes. Um, and the breed, the breed of the show, you're doing that. That's And uh, I'm going to talk about probiotics. I wish you would. Let's get going. All righty. Happy New Year, Patty P. Happy New Year, Tigarelli. You know, in 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 a little less than a week, I am going to be on my way to Wellington. I know. I'm so freaking jealous. I really am jealous. <laughs> I know you are. But but look at it in a positive way. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That um, you don't have to go through all the list making. The piles, the organization, the what if I forget this, the 17-hour drive with two dogs in the car. That's, a, that's an excellent point, um, <laughs> none you. of which are helping me at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, I, I, as I always go back to the same thing, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I should be in the car. I should be getting ready to do all this. And then I'm like, yeah, I had to have that last kid. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't, who doesn't do well when I do the school change thing, but it's okay. It is okay. It'll be fine. So I'm sure you're excited to get down there. Well, considering that last night it was a balmy 19 degrees. (laughs) Gross. That's a little cold. Yeah. It, all of a sudden it went from being beautiful, warm, the warmest December on record in Virginia (laughs) to. Yeah. And then to that. Yeah. Now we're in winter. Yeah, that yeah, that does stink. But you know, you're going to be in nice, sunny Florida very soon. Um, I have a little voodoo doll, and I'm poking you in the head right now. <laughs> just so you know, I felt that. Yeah, I'm trying to be really nice about it, but yeah, I'm going to act real nice, but I'm not feeling it. Um, <laughs> but I will. I'm going to come down and see you. I'm going to come down the last week in January, as you know. Hannah is down there with uh, Stu, and she is Kathy Conley's assistant. For the season, which is, she's, um, she's and for really, our listeners, may I say that Stu is not a man; he's a horse. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very hunky stallion. Um, yeah, so she gets to start lessons this week, and that's all good. And we were down there for Christmas, which was great. And I actually got to see um, our guest um, today when I was down there getting Hannah all settled in. Beth Haste from the Horse, of course, which love her. Love her because she's going to teach us all sorts of stuff about bits that we're going to pretend we already knew ahead of time. <laughs> I still am feeling quite humbled by that whole thing, but that's all. That's cool. That's cool. No, it's it's good. Yeah, you know what I love about her is that she actually, you know, goes to Europe every year and goes to Equitana and meets yeah. with the manufacturers. And so her knowledge, you know, of bits and breeches and material and where things are made and how they're made and how they're designed. Yep. I mean, it, she's really second to none in, 
in the dressage world in terms of, of well, I think everybody turns tack. to her, and and one of the things that has always been a thing for me with Beth is having tons of different types of clients. So, you know, having different sizes of athletes coming big, small, indifferent, whatever, you know, the one thing that she does so well is she makes them feel athletic and stylish, which is huge. It's, it's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so I the horse, of course, of is one of our, Patty's and my favorite, favorite tack shops in, in, in the whole world, I would say. Well, and people. I mean, you know, if I ever need anything, I go to Beth. If I, yeah. I my favorite is, you know, Beth. Will I look good in this? And it, there's either the laugh. <laughs> oh, Patty P. No, it's um, yeah. But 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 today is going to be about the bits, which um, I mean, she you know, what she knows about bits, you and I uh, will will hardly ever know. I mean, well, and, her you know, the, knowledge of yeah uh, but of this it, stuff and she's is amazing. not writing. That's the thing I wanted yeah. to say earlier is that, you know, we go through all this stuff and it's not like Beth is out there on the horse, no. you know, she's doing it, it. No, it's, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. So I'm, I'm anxious about that. So we've got a good show, a new yeah, year. We show. Do. We've got a good show. We've got all sorts of good stuff and you get to go to Florida and I don't. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, did you go see star Wars? <laughs> do you feel better that you said that? Cause you know, I didn't. Okay. Ray went. No, I okay. So over the holiday season, we were at Phoebe's place, and everybody wanted to watch the first episode. Also groovy, blah blah blah. I fell asleep both nights that we watched all the episodes. So I still have to make it through. I mean, I know I watched them years ago. I know some of the characters, but no, I did not. (laughs) I've not. I'm sorry. I I just I can't believe you haven't seen the Force Awakens. (laughs) Well, I I promise I will. Um, <laughs> or I'm going to bring it up at the next show. Well, oh, yeah, I'm, oh, the I know next healthy critters, I'm going to say, have you seen The Force Awakens? <laughs> and you're going to say, yes, yes. Jager, of course I did, because you told me to. Yes, I will see it. Well, Ray wants to see it again. I don't know if, so I don't think Peter's seen it yet, but I promise I will see it. Okay. By next time. So um, It's important because, you know, we do have a segment in Coffee Clutch where... <laughs> We're going yes. to talk about the dogs that we think best fit the Star Wars characters. Now, a disclaimer, <laughs> it was that last night at dinner, and I was going to text you during dinner and uh, tell you that Ray and I were working on it, and Peter actually um, had uh, a, a bit in this as well. So just so you know that some of the- It's I a do know Chief family production. <laughs> there you go. I got it. There you go. And of course, we have Asked he- Ask Hedwig. Yes. Um. And the breed, the breed of the show, you're doing that. Jack That's Russell. Jack Russell. Which is kind of interesting. It, you know, you'd think that that would be straightforward and easy, but I will tell you why it's not in a bit. Okay. And uh, I'm going to talk about probiotics. I wish you would. <laughs> yes. I'm sure you have lots of questions. I do. Like how to spell it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a P. Gotcha. Yep. Well, cool. All right. It's going to okay. be a great show. Let's get going. All righty. Our interview today is going to be with a very dear friend of both Tigger and myself, Beth Haste from The Horse, of course. Beth has many talents, as both uh, Tigger and I and many people out there know. Uh, yes. But one of the things we love the most about Beth is she knows a lot about bits. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and we want to know a bit about that. Oh, come on. That was funny. Huh? Oh, I love <laughs> 
Okay. So, um, you know, I think, why don't we just start off by, Beth, what is the most common question you get asked about bits? Well, when they're having a problem, um, they don't always know what it is. Okay. So, you know, they're having maybe a behavioral issue or um, not consistent to the contact, but they don't know what to ask. Right. So I think the the big thing with me is, because I always have only one question when I talk to somebody about this. Do you own a And horse? the question is, <laughs> how... <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Yes. (laughs) All right. And the second question may be, um, how does your horse take the contact? Mm -hmm. And you would think that's a pretty simple question. And it definitely isn't. Yeah. I say nay. I get quite a few answers to that. (laughs) Quite a few answers. And it's really the only thing that I'm interested in. Okay. So sometimes you have to go through a few things. Okay, so um, so Tiggs, I'm going to ask some questions about double bridles because I think that's always a big one. If I come to you and I have – okay, let's use Stu for an example because he's a Spanish stallion um, and they tend to be somewhat light in the mouth um, right. and have smaller mouths because this is something I so learned from you. Um, you know, he likes to uh, – breed-wise, likes to duck behind the contact a little bit. And I have to go to a double bridle or a double bit. What is going to be your suggestion? My suggestion is that he needs a four and three quarter inch um, Neuschuler transform curb. Okay. And why do you recommend that? And a, I'm going to tell you why, and a team up um, Verdun. And okay. maybe a five, maybe a five and a quarter, depending upon how fat his lips are. Okay. And why I'm saying that is the softest curb bit you can buy always was what they call a Moore's Lot, which is simply a bar that arches over the tongue. Mm-hmm. It has no break in the mouthpiece. Right. And it has nothing to go up into the palate. Right. But Noya Schuler did something very interesting. They took that little arch... And they angled it 45 degrees back into the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when you activate the bit, it literally lifts slightly off the tongue. Right, and oh, relieves wow. the pressure. Yeah, okay. So it, it's the only curb bit that I have ever found that gives a little room for the tongue and does not increase the power. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So and here- that's one of the things when a horse is like doesn't really like to take the contact, gets a little behind is a little hesitant toward it. That should help them take the contact because it is the mildest. Okay. Um, curb I found. Okay. So so big question because this was a big thing for me, and I know Tigger. This probably stumped you when she when we first started le- learning about this from Beth is um, I was like four and three quarters. Oh, Beth, he's 16-3. You silly, <laughs> silly woman. What do you know? Why is he in a five and a half? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I think he's a six inch. Whatever, Beth. Would you please clear up? <laughs> clear that you up. You know, I, be- I never find that warm bloods or 
the Spanish breed horses or that are never more than a five inch. Right. Um, 95% of the horses are going to be a four and three quarter inch curb. And the reason how you figure this out is when you feel the jaw bones underneath, mm-hmm. they're only about two and a half, three inches wide. Right. Well, that's the bars that you're going to sit the bit on. Right. The rest of it is a big, huge, floppy tongue that doesn't mm-hmm. fit in between the teeth and three inches combined of top lip. So okay. when you don't have any movement, I mean, it's not like it's um, um, it's got a spinning uh, a cheek piece or something. It's a solid curb. It can't pinch. Right. So okay. it sucks the yeah. lips in a little bit and stabilizes in the mouth. And that's so important because that was my big thing when you when we did this. I mean, we've done this obviously for many horses, but um, is I kept thinking this is going to pinch. And it and I'll tell you, I mean, Beth, I I went into it blindly, and I was just like I, thinking like, okay, I I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, believe her. I'm gonna believe her. I'm gonna believe her because it so was against what I thought was going to be. And uh, you were right. <laughs> well, I think it's because. Nobody's really had any training from anybody. Mm-hmm. And when you think about bits, bits are an engineering feat. Okay. So you have to think like an engineer. Right. And I had, I was very lucky, is that I had a couple of bit engineers that taught me about bits. Right. And they were horse people. Cool. So they understood the anatomy. And everybody's just been passing down information all by incorrect information, but it's the only thing they had to pass down. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody was putting their horses in a five and a quarter inch curb for years. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I was so how about when we, when we're dealing with um, horses that are not ready for doubles that are, you know, training first, second, third level horses, um, what is your recommendation? There's so many different, you know, mm-hmm. snaffle bits out there. Absolutely. Um, you you can't get away from that a three-piece French link, if it's a correct French link, but you can't even find them anymore, or one with a little bean in the middle, the more modern three-piece bits, is they are going to be the softest because when you look at them engineeringly, they have less distance from the break to the edge of the bit. Uh-huh. So they're going to be softer. The problem that we get in with three-piece bits is that because the horse's mouth inside is so small, you have to be careful not to get them too big because if you do, that three-piece rubs back and forth across the bars. So you have to get it snug enough that when you engage the bit into the on position, in other words, pick up both reins and Mm -hmm. pull it up into the mouth, that their (laughs) lips are inside the hole that the ring goes through. Their lips are inside. And then, yes, so that way it's not too big. When you pull on it, you don't want to have like, you know, three quarters of an inch coming out one side. Okay. So, so what's, what's all the, um, 
the wrinkles. Could, yeah, and, and remember the cons- that yeah. wrinkles at the corner well, of the mouth. When you attach it to the cheek piece, what happens is is that you want what usually is like two wrinkles on the edge of the horse's mouth. But still, in all, it's not the same because there's a two there's two positions in the horse's mouth. There's an on position and an off position. So when you pick up the rein, even though you have two wrinkles from the cheek piece, you're pulling it more up into the horse's mouth than what we talk about as the on position. Right. And that's when you can determine whether you've got a correct size bit or not. And then the other thing is, is that the bit has to have weight. Because if it doesn't have weight, it can't move independently to the off position when you start to let the reins uh, loose to reward the horse at the end of the ride okay. to stretch over the top line. Interesting. So there's definitely an hmm. on and an off position. That's interesting because I didn't think about, I mean, because I know that there's some horses, I mean, a lot of times I've done fitted bits to horses just because it's more like you look at their mouth and you have a feel of, you know, okay, this is what I think I should go with this horse. And sure. I know a lot of people think that lighter is better. I have more often than not seen lighter bits not be the answer, but didn't necessarily yes. know why. Yes, you have to have weight. It's got to be able to move because you can't say thank you to your horse at the end of the ride. Right. When you give, start giving the rain out and getting them to stretch over the top line and, you know, a nice big, big free moving trot with their back all stretched out saying, yeah. and they're going to the ground. Right. That's what you want. So you can't get, achieve that without, without weight. Okay. So, so. So, and I'm not going to say it right because I thought it was Neuschula, but you, it's, how do you say it? I say Neuschula. Neuschula, okay. Yeah. Those are obviously becoming enormously popular bits, and there's certain bits within that, um, like I, I like the Verbinden a lot. Um, I, 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 I think that that particular bit mm-hmm. is for very particular horses. Right, I would agree because I have some horses that it just, it's not the right bit. Exactly. And I find that they work better with that design um, with a horse who's heavy to the contact. In other words, that horse isn't quite quick enough behind yet. Still working on that. Right. But if you use one of those bits on the horse, I find that um, this is what I've experienced anyway, that the horse uh, can carry himself a little lighter until he gets a little quicker from behind. Mm-hmm. But I find that a horse who's doesn't really take the contact as well as you'd like or is light to the contact, I don't want to put him in that bit at all. Okay. I so find what, it's so just what would for you a put horse who carries you? himself a little heavy. I would probably go with a team up, which is the softest three piece that they make. It's called a team up? Yes. And who what makes that, that bit? Uh, Norshula makes that. Okay. And I'll tell you, I'm not, I'm not a brand person yeah. for bits. It's just that they offer more interesting options and more sizing. Oh, so interesting. for a person okay. like me who's bidding a lot of horses, it gives me more options mm-hmm. because I don't dislike Springer's bits. 
but they don't give me as many options in the curb, and their sizing jumps half inches. Okay, and that's obviously a big thing. Okay. That's a big thing for me. Okay. And I have nothing. Uh, I think they've got great quality, good quality bits, and um, and I've always been happy with them, but Neuschuler gives me more options. So that gives me another question, and I know, Tigger, you're thinking the same thing I am, <laughs> is <laughs> is the metals in the bit. Remember, yes. there was all the different things that were such a big deal for a long time. Let's talk about metal. It's pretty simple. You need to have a bit that's heavy in copper, and it has to be like 70% or better. Wow. And the reason for that is is that it literally warms to the temperature of a horse's mouth. And when it does that, it becomes more neutral. And all we're looking for is acceptance of the bit. Wow, Beth, you're really good at this. Now, is it, are these bits, <laughs> are they labeled with this much copper? I mean... They should in their, they should in, in, in their brochures have... Um, and not only that, but somebody, uh, a company that's using a lot of copper, the bits are not going to be cheap because copper and magnesium are expensive. Yeah. Uh, but you get better quality, better engineering, more consistency. So that's why I pretty much stick to two brands of bits okay. because they have the copper content and they have consistency and consistency in engineering, which is crucial if you're looking at a correct bit and correctly And those two brands, what, yeah. what are they? Say them again. Uh, Hermspringer yep. and Neuschula. Okay. Uh, the, uh, those are the ones that I work with the most. And stainless steel, unfortunately, always remains cold in the horse's mouth. Yeah. I never even thought of that. I didn't either. When you hold a stainless steel bit in your in your hand, in one hand, and you hold a copper-based bit in in the other hand, the 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 stainless is always cold, and then the wow. and then the copper base warms to the temperature of your hand. So it just the neutral is what we're looking for. It's just neutrality, so they can just accept it, and it's not foreign as foreign in their mouth. Cool. I had I never would have even crossed my mind. That's pretty interesting. It's really interesting. I have, a, I have something else I want to say. When you asked me about choosing a snaffle bit mm-hmm. for um, young horses that are starting out, um, not first level yet, okay? Mm-hmm. Starting, they do the best with a fixed cheek bit. That's like a full huh. cheek, a D ring, or an egg butt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the for reason stability. for that is stability. It also aids in direction. Yeah, steering. But yeah. the but the biggest thing is is that a loose ring bit is a college level bit versus a grammar school bit. And the difference is is that every movement in your hand on a loose ring vibrates down to the ring and, and subsequently to the horse's mouth. Interesting. Now, in, in dressage, that's a wonderful thing because you're communicating constantly. 
But on a young horse, it's way too in, too much information mm-hmm. because you're really asking them, look, I want you to go to here and I want you to kind of stay here. Right. And I don't want to put so much information. So when you dumb down the information that's going to their mouth, they go, oh, okay, I can do this, you know? Yeah, right. It's yeah, I can like, seek it. I can seek yeah, I can. They can seek it more. I can just stay there. I can just, okay, because it's, it's, it's not like sensory overload. Wow. Okay. And that so, works. So, okay, I'm going to cut you off because Lord knows I'll forget this because I didn't write it down. So here's my question, <laughs> though, Beth, on the flip side. <laughs> Shut up, Digga. Um, what if you have a more experienced horse, let's say school, uh-huh. but you have a less experienced rider, would you then say, if you have a rider that doesn't have, has maybe busy hands, would you do the same Good thing? Good question. Exactly the same thing. Okay. You put them in an egg butt. And the next thing you know, the horse can really try to wow, go around. Wow, that's really them. good stuff. That that's is great stuff. stuff. Yeah, that's some good stuff. Because, cool. Because an experienced horse doesn't need extra information. Right. Well, right. it's 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 interesting. I just taught a lesson, and um, uh, and the woman had watched a video. I took a video, and she watched it, and she came back out the next day, and she was just so much better, and so much, you know what? And it was interesting because to me, what maybe would have bridged this gap of, of her figuring out what to do with her hands would have been um, I had her in a loose ring, and I wonder if I, I, I this is just something I'm going to use in my training. I'm gonna I'm going to to really think about this. If I need someone to have quieter hands, I am going to probably go to an egg butt or even a D-ring or, you know, whatever. That's interesting. And you will see a a huge improvement. And I would never, ever put a beginner in anything but a fixed cheek bit. Okay. Because you've got to give them a chance and you've got to give the horse half a chance. Yeah, but I mean, Tigger, think about that. That's like, that's That's huge. Well, it changes so much in the way that you think about stuff. Now we're just going to be looking at bits. I mean, I thought she was going to teach us some stuff, but I didn't know it was going to be this. <laughs> then you're talking about my favorite subject. I we do know that. Yes, yes. we do know that. I well, love I, this. <laughs> well, you're really well, we're gonna to- we're gonna have you on um, later this year to talk about um, equestrian fashion. Oh, because dude, so there's is. oh that um, sounds fun. Nobody yeah. in the business that knows the fashion equestrian fashion, the breech fashion, the the shad belly and and um, boots. And, and now boots. the boots fashion. And yes, and now the boots fashion. So um, you need to come back on um, maybe a little bit later into the Florida season and tell us what's hot and cool and, you know, what's coming because we know that you go to Germany every year. So Absolutely. Um, you're, you're, you see what's, what's coming from across the pond because that's really where the innovation Starts. Well, and, and I'm going to put a little. Um, this is this is going to be a, a raise the roof Beth moment. Um, is because I'm sitting here like Beth's are like, oh wow, I didn't expect all this. One of the things that I I'm going to say, Beth, that I have admired about you, um, other than the fact that you know more about bits than I even knew that I should know. So thanks for that. But um, but is that you know I've obviously we've had a a, a wonderful relationship for. Um, quite so many years now, but is that I brought so many different clients in um, all over the country, whether we were in Texas or Florida or Virginia or North Carolina. Um, but you know how to look at somebody's body type um, and and t- 
tell them what to buy. And that's a big deal. And that's, that's a good thing for this the next time we do this is to kind of get into that. Because just because you like the fashion doesn't mean it's going to look good on you. And that's what you're excellent at. Well, I'll tell you, I think that um, it's, it's important to make people, I mean, let's face it, we want fashion, but it's got a function. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and that you're actually an athlete. Yeah. And what you shape body you have doesn't make any difference. You're still Amen. an athlete. Amen. And you got to dress like an athlete. Yep. Yep. So True story. Okay, well, Beth, we will um, we will have you back on as we get deeper into the Florida circuit. Yep. Oh, and, I'd love um, to come back. Thanks so much for, thanks, for being on Healthy Critters and um, giving us so much information about bits. I'm going to go to bed tonight thinking about bits. And I'm, oh, I'm changing all the bits tomorrow. Listen, I have probably been bidding my horses all wrong all these years. <laughs> well, there's nobody been there to help anybody. That's why yes. I've been trying to do so many lectures is that if I can help the trainers, then they can help their students. Well, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, it's I huge. I mean, just, right. just this right here is huge. So we love you, Beth. This is awesome. From the horse, of course. And thank you, Beth. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Hi, Hetty. Hello, Tigger. It's lovely to hear from you again. Hetty, we're in Wellington now, right? We are. We are actually technically in Loxahatchee right now, visiting some friends. And I hear you rode down with a plant. Yes, well, let's not discuss that stupid plant. The best thing I can say about that plant is that it's at the barn now and it's staying there. So that's <laughs> going to work out. <laughs> you I shared a seat my t- with a plant. Well, the issue was that my sister was in the bed in the back, and I decided there was insufficient room for me in the rest of the back seat. So I had to sit in the front seat, and then there was a plant there. So there was just no room for me at all, and we were driving for like seven or eight years. Poor Hedwig. So, um, Hetty, we have a question from um, a... Uh, uh, a listener who wants to know what you recommend in canine fashion for dogs. <laughs> now, didn't I just review some of this material? <laughs> well, this listener maybe missed that segment, but wanted to know some specific advice. Oh, all right. Of course, I'll do that. No problem. The question is, what materials do you recommend in um, outerwear for dogs? Oh my gosh, this is a very complicated question. I'm not really a textile expert by any stretch, but I guess I would suggest if you were going to be in the snow, something like a snowsuit, because that's what my sister has. It keeps off the snow from her stomach because she's short. And uh, I mean, of a perfect height, obviously, because Pomeranians are a perfect dog. And um, I, of course, have also a little snow repelling outfit. It's pleather. <laughs> so those are two excellent options. But then, say, underneath that, I mean, I can, if it's very cold weather, you really need one of those down-filled snowsuits like my sister has with a nice belly strap to protect you from, from the cold. But if you're in a warmer climate, then you can go more with the pleather. Well, but really, Hetty, if you're actually, if it's really that cold, just don't go outside. Wear the oh, heat no, of you your inside. <laughs> you have yeah. to go outside, but then you have to come back in. 
Okay. And how about for rain gear? Oh, no. Thank you so much for asking that question. After we nearly drowned at Devon, our (laughs) grandmother gave us raincoats. Ah. Oh. What color are they? They're red. And she gave us tiny, yeah, and tiny water wings so that we won't drown. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine that? Oh, my gosh. That's just, (laughs) that's awesome. That's awesome. It was, Little water it was super wet at Devon, so we needed that. Let me tell you, it was disgusting. Can you use those water wings in a pool? Well, I mean, this was more of a life-saving situation, Tigger. We were <laughs> She's dying. not thinking swimming, Tiggs. Come on, get with the program. <laughs> it was like She's the Vietcon were coming. We needed to get out of there quickly. And so the water wings were important. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking of, you know, they're a, a flotation device, and yes. you, you're you're in a rented house with a pool this winter, so maybe that would be a nice thing to have to when you go swimming. I'm thinking of a I picture. Like to, I need a picture. I like to think of Sobby as my flotation device. I'm just going to lie on him. No That's problem. Mm-hmm. Good point. Okay, Hedwig, I know you just got down here, and your your servant is probably exhausted from a very long trip so um sleep tight and um we'll talk to you in a couple weeks all right well that sounds super you guys have a great evening okay thanks hetty and now it's time for the breed of the show so this segment we are going to be doing the breed of the show which is the jack russell and tigger as you know i have had jack Russell's before, but I wanted when we when you do this, yes, you part have. of why I like doing this is I, I find out a little bit more about what they say on the internet. <laughs> so, um, so <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting. So, what's funny is I looked up Jack Russell, and of course, Parson Jack Russell comes up, which is sort of where the history comes from is that they're originally from England, um, and uh, there was a parson named John Russell. His nickname was Jack, Jack Russell. Okay, that all makes sense. Um, they're originally um, a hunting dog, and, and that's what this guy, Jack, was looking for. Were they for varmints? Yeah, for varmint. Yeah, for varmints. Um, I, I even I, – I, at one point, I even found a little bit about, like, fox hunting, and I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. But, again, knowing – having Jack Russells, they could – they could go after anything, but they're very, they're ver- like, they go any, any ground, they're a ground dog. Well, they anything that's good, it. Yeah. I would say if the Fox went to ground, yeah. you'd want a Jack Russell. Absolutely. And having um, had many Jack Russell, um, it, it, one of my favorite Jack Russell stories is being at River's Bend and um, having my, uh, one of our Jack Russells actually go to, go into the ground. I guess it was after a groundhog. I don't know what the big, but getting stuck. In the ground, and not, and then having to try to dig and figure it out. Now you know how big that farm is. That that like, and hearing the dog bark from the earth and not know where it was, going, oh my gosh, why do I have this dog? But, um, so they're high energy. They love to dig. They're they're you know they're a very tenacious dog. They're very loving. Um, they're very loyal dogs. But they are not a first time owner's dog because they're not a good apartment dog. They need a lot of exercise. They have to constantly be stimulated or they will tear your house up. (laughs) Um, They're great. I mean, as you know, you and I have seen them tons around, um, you know, on horse shows, 
Barnes, yeah. Wellington, they're all over. Um, they are often known in Florida as gator bait <laughs> because <laughs> they they get loose and they get going and, you know, many of them have gone missing. So, um, but they're, they're, but I'm telling you, a lot of Jack Russells could take on a gator, as you know, but they're <laughs> yes. an intense, tenacious, intelligent, determined dog. Having said that, some of the best dogs that I've had, I've, I've, I've actually, I've only ever had two, one of which is still living in Virginia with a good friend of mine, Carmen. He was an older um, dog that I didn't think that my new lifestyle would suit well because he likes being out and about on the farm. So he still lives at Cumber and he is coming upon his 19th year. Um, wow. Yeah. Little Ruby do. Um, but they're great obedience dogs if you train them and you've got to kind of get to them young. They, but again, like I said, they're very strong willed and they're always looking for something to chase after a ball. Um, one of my favorite uh, memories of, a great Jack Russell. I can't remember. I think her name was Minnie was Linda Alicky's dog. And we were at the Derby and the dog, you know, all the palm trees that are there at the yes. Derby. Okay. It, it actually, I, I preface this by the old Derby site. Well, this dog was running all the way up the tree, grabbing a palm leaf, hanging on it and then falling down. And like this went on for like, I'm not saying 20 minutes. This went on for like three hours. And I kept thinking this dog's got to be exhausted. Um, but that that very much describes what this dog is, is that they're very tenacious. So what, what I found when I, I just did a little research online is they talk about the Jack Russell and the Parson Russell. The only thing that I really didn't get to understand is that they've been, you know, recognized by AKC, I think since, yes. I think it's like 2000. Yeah, it's been fairly recently. Yeah, I think like 2012. But the thing I didn't completely understand is they're known as the Parson Jack Russell or if they're known as the Jack Russell. Because then it gets into this whole other thing because then there's the Shorty Jacks. You know, the shorter, stubbier ones. Yes, with the shorter legs. Right. And they're not what I think is considered the AKC. Um, I think that – and that's that's honestly where I was kind of like, oh my gosh, there's so much information out there. But none of them really clearly say. But they all truly are the same dog. I mean, they're just all the same tenacious little booger of a dog. They are a great family dog. Um, again, if you can have the activity level, um, they, they, I've often had people ask me if when I've had them, if they thought they were a lot like the Corgi and you've no, had nothing like a Corgi. No, they're really not. And, um, cause I think the Corgi being more of a herding dog, um, has a different drive, but yes. they'll like chill out and hang out on the couch and be kind of a good dog. Jack Russell's, I mean, they don't mature until they're like 25. <laughs> right? <laughs> it, you know, I, I think very fondly of that Jack Russell in Frasier. Oh, I know. Yeah. Eddie. Eddie. I, yeah. I love, I'm just personally partial to the wire hair variety. Yeah. I, I think it gives them sort of a softer more Walt Disney dog kind of look. Um, I, I love Jack Russell's, but I don't think that I'm woman enough to own one. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. I got very lucky with Ruben. Ruben was always a little bit of a lower key type of guy, but I'll tell you what, um, they, um, you know, I, I know that 
they're just so determined to do what they think they should be doing. And it's a little hard to break them of that. Um, I had a female, um, that was very much the epitome of what a Jack Russell should be. Um, but if she didn't get the right attention or she didn't do what, what I thought was appropriate and I brought her to the barn every day, she slept with Peter and I in the bed, you know, whatever. Um, I would find her in the closet and she would pee in my shoes, not on the carpet, not in Peter's shoes, but in my shoes. You know what I mean? Like it was. <laughs> that's it's, very. That's very cat behavior. Yes, it is very cat behavior. Um, and I wanted to put her out with the cat when she did that. But <laughs> you know, so you really have to. The the big thing that I from from myself, and I know there's a lot of people out there that just love their Jack Russells, and and they should because they are very great dogs. But you have to have time to put into the dog and you, sense of humor. And because a one lot thing of about Jack Jack Russells is. They they are very serious, but they also are very funny. They're extremely Their seriousness funny. is funny. Yeah. I, well, you go back to that dog and um, Frazier, the dog Eddie. I mean, yes. they um, – and that was kind of an interesting story because I think that was sort of like a, a dog that would, they found in a pound. I mean, it was interesting. It was a rescue. Or yeah. something. Yeah, something like that. But, but it just shows how brilliant they are and how intelligent they are. And you really do have to activate all that because if you don't – if you don't utilize their brain and what you don't make They're the Darth Vader of the dog Absol- world. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, it is a great dog. It is not a good first time dog, but it is a good dog for somebody who has time to spend with it and bring it to a barn or agility. Oh my gosh. Great agility dogs. Um, but they're, they're, you know, <laughs> but like I said, they're, they, the, the great thing about them, if you love the dog, they, you break them in about, you know, 13 or 15 years old. And, um, I, I've had many that, um, in my family that have lasted till the twenties. So they, wow. they will be around a long time. Uh, we're at, welcome to our critter nutrition segment. And today we're talking about probiotics. Probiotics are particular of interest to me because, the microbiome of the gut and the mammalian body is, you know, greater than the genome. So it, it's a vast area of research and science right now in microbiology. And I'm just fascinated with um, the biota of the GI tract. Um, when it comes to horses, probiotics are very, very popular supplements, and I'm going to tr- try to break it down so that you understand when you're reading a label what exactly is in that product. Um, there are warming probi- probiotics and cooling probiotics. A warming probiotic will be warming to the GI tract. Um, these would be the yeasts, Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Saccharomyces boulardii. Yeasts probiotics work primarily in the hindgut, with the exception of Saccharomyces boulardii, which also has activity in the small intestine. Older horses, horses in winter, um, some horses that are experiencing um, diarrhea episodes can benefit from a warming yeast. But horses that are um, very hot in nature, that already have sort of fire in their GI tract, may not be great candidates. It may be too much heat for them. 
the cooling probiotics are the lactobacillus and bifidus strains. Um, and there's, there's lots of them, lactobacillus, um, Casey, lactobacillus acidophilus, lactobacillus rhamnosus. There, there are many. These are the cooling probiotics. They're, they originate from milk. So in the GI tract, they'll, they'll cool down the digestive fire. So <clears throat> for some horses with diarrhea, you go with a cooling probiotic because obviously you want to put the fire out. Where this gets tricky is that every horse's microbiome of the gut is unique in a way to that horse. So let's say a horse has diarrhea, you treat it with a cooling probiotic and it doesn't improve. It, it doesn't feel intuitive to use a yeast probiotic, but sometimes these horses with diarrhea respond really well to yeast probiotics. And some horses with diarrhea respond really well to the cooling lactobacillus probiotics. So when your horse has a GI tract upset, primarily diarrhea, that's, that's such a common problem when you change hay or have given antibiotics or um, the horse is under stress, you sort of have to play with the probiotics and find out whether that horse needs a warming or a cooling probiotic. Now, how to know when you read a label whether you're, you're feeding a live or viable probiotic, one that is capable of colonization of the gut, or whether you, you, you're feeding a fermentation product which is not live and not viable and not able to colonize. If it is a viable live probiotic, it must by law list the colony forming units. That's known as CFUs. When you buy yogurt, the CFUs are on the label. When you buy a live active probiotic for horses, the CFUs are on the label. A lot of feeds and a lot of supplements don't use live active probiotics. They use fermentation products. They are labeled as lactobacillus fermentation, bifidobacterium fermentation, or yeast fermentation product. So it doesn't mean that it's not beneficial because that will actually provide food for the existing colonies. It's much more of a prebiotic than a probiotic. When you read the label and are reading the CFUs, many companies list the CFUs per each probiotic strain they have in a formula. And commonly there are two to three strains in a probiotic formula. So it might say um, lactobacillus acidophilus 10 million CFUs, lactobacillus casei 20 million CFUs. To get colonization of the gut, which has literally a gazillion micro um, uh, bacteria and microorganisms in it. 
you can imagine that 10 million CFUs isn't much. And at that level, you really can't colonize the gut. You need a minimum of 100 billion, with a B, billion CFUs to colonize the equine gut. And for many horses, you have to go much, much higher, like three, four hundred billion CFUs for colonization. So when you're you're dealing with a acute situation like diarrhea, you want the highest CFUs you can find. Um, because many supplements, uh, probiotic supplements these days, you have to feed like 20 ounces to get to 100 billion which means to get to 200 billion, you'd be feeding 40 ounces. So look for probiotics that are alive, viable, and have the highest CFUs in the billions when you total it up. Um, the other thing to, to keep in mind is that certain lactobacillus strains which work in the small intestine and the stomach. The ones that work in the small intestine can get destroyed by stomach acid. So probiotics supplements that are micro-encapsulated, meaning they're coated to protect the microorganisms from destruction in the, the hostile environment of the gut, particularly the stomach, are the best choices with lactobacillus. Yeast, for some reason, is very... Um, feisty and can survive the acid environment of the stomach. And remember, yeast works primarily in the hindgut, um, while the lactobacillus works primarily in the small intestine, the stomach, and the respiratory tract. Always keep in mind that each horse has its own unique microbiome. It depends on genetics, diet, and stressors. If a warming probiotic does not improve a specific issue, switch to a cooling probiotic. If a cooling probiotic doesn't help, switch to a warming one. With so many probiotics on the market, it's really important to read labels. And personally, in my own barn, I always have a cooling probiotic and I always have a warming probiotic on hand so that it's there ready, depending on what each individual horse needs. So we're at our coffee clutch segment and, and today we're, we're talking about Star Wars dogs. Now, I happen to be a Star Wars fanatic. So, fanatic, um, yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love Star Wars. Um, I'm a Star Wars nerd. And <laughs> I, is this I, a confession? I, it is. <laughs> I actually ordered a T-shirt with, that I saw on Facebook. I ordered it for Christmas, and it says, um, "Vote for Han Solo. Let the Wookie win." <laughs> I guess I should have so, known years ago. It just hit me, Wookie. Yes. It hit, oh my gosh. Wookie dog. Yep. Oh my gosh. What a good so dog. Patty and I, Patty, of course, doesn't know as much about Star Wars, so I really did put her at a disadvantage. But she got to have quality family time. I did in, because even in, though I don't have it, my son is should be Tigger's uh, son because she, he is so completely into Star Wars, so completely into Star Wars. 
so what I thought would be fun is if we both um, wrote down what breed of dog uh, we thought best um, captured the <laughs> essence of some of the major Star Wars characters. Which I think is an excellent idea, Tigger. <laughs> Thank you, Patty. You're welcome. So um, let's start with the Ewoks. Okay, I would um, like you to go first, if you if you don't mind, because I'm very okay. curious how you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I picked the Norwich Terrier because ah. I think they look like Ewoks. Okay, and and, and you know they kind of behave like Ewoks. Okay, and you know, and and uh, Peta had a little Norwich. Um, he was. She, oh my gosh, was so adorable. Um, okay, so that's sort of funny that you picked that because. I picked an ungroomed border terrier <laughs> <laughs> because, as you it's know, interesting I, that we both picked terriers. For for listeners who don't know the Star Wars characters, the Ewoks are these little creatures that live on a planet that's um, a forested that like planet. Border terriers, <laughs> <laughs> and they're they sort of look like little bears that are very primitive and have you know, sort of Aboriginal hunting outfits and spears and big, and, big, big eyes and big eyes. Yeah. Yes. Big eyes like lemurs. Yes. They have lemur eyes. Yes. Um, they're, they're very cute. Yes. Um, the next character is Luke Skywalker, who, if you don't watch Star Wars, um, he's one of the main characters. Yeah. He's kind of the big uh, deal. I knew he that. is kind of deal. Yeah. I love his name, Skywalker. What a great name. It is a good anyway, name. Anyway, I picked the Golden Retriever. Oh my gosh. Tigger, that's exactly <laughs> what we picked. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> yeah, that oh is gosh. so funny. That was a, that and I have to tell you that was Ray because I, I and when I said it was he said the the Golden Retriever, I was like, "Okay, golden hair, whatever. That's that's too funny." That's too funny. I picked the Golden Retriever because you know, the golden retriever is like this friendly, good guy dog yeah. Yeah. that gets along with everybody. And I, I sort of see Luke as a hero in that way. Um, yep. he, he's just a nice guy, you know? Nice guy. Nice guy. That is, how funny is that? <laughs> That's amazing. I know. I think it, yeah. Okay. <sighs> Okay, so um, the next hero or anti-hero, kind of in a way, yeah. is Han Solo. Right. Um, and <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. I picked the Australian Shepherd. Did you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, that's good. All right. Well, I'm not too far off from that. I we picked the German Shepherd. Oh, wow. Well, because this is now, again, this is, and I kind of get the whole character thing, but this is sort of, this is a Ray and Peter thing. Um, but it, yeah, they, it, I, which, so what were your reasons for picking the Australian Shepherd? Well, um, having um, several that live with me, mm-hmm. they all kind of remind me in a way of Han Solo. They're, they're very smart they can do a lot of things. They're very clever, but they're also renegades. Yeah, renegade. That's yeah. Okay, because that I think that yeah, and a little bit. And of course, I've had German shepherds too. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I was sort of on that same thing. Is that they can do a lot. They're 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 uh, the dog that can kind of do. They're very good at everything they do, but every now and then they just kind of go rogue. You know. <laughs> yes. 
They're like looking off to the left squirrel. I also think of an Australian shepherd would really be able in a weird way to probably fly the millennium. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think if you showed them a few things, they'd figure it out. They, they got to figure fun. it out. Yeah. Get out of the yeah. way. I got this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So what did you have for Princess Leia? I had the Afghan hound. Oh, so good. Okay. So good. Okay. Well, again, I'm, I don't have, we're not the same on that one. This is, and this is all Ray. Okay. Because, you know, Ray's trying to think about her being a princess and, you know, and, and I guess in the later movies, she's some sort of a commander ish or whatever. So he went with the, um, the Shih Tzu. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you think about it, we both pick dogs with ears that Mm -hmm. are, um, unique. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and sort of like the hair and they, Ray's whole thing was, you know, you can dress this up <laughs> and make it look very elegant and princess-like. I'm like, okay, well, there you go. There's, but that, that's so funny. That is the well, Afghan hound. The Afghan that way. They're sort of aloof and and regal and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yet, yep. you know, they're a hound, so they chase and they hunt. And Princess Leia is certainly no, you know, fading flower. She's no slack. Okay. No. Okay. All right. Okay. So on to what I consider to be the best one of all is Darth Vader. <laughs> you mean the best character or the best dog? I, I just, I'm so tickled with my choice. This was me. This is all my choice, but I want to hear what you have first. Uh, the Cane Corso. Oh, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Because well done. they're so ferocious and mm-hmm. they'll fight anybody mm-hmm. and they're very scary to look at. And they're slobbery. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have they don't have James Earl Jones voice, no. which is too bad because that, that would add a lot to their. Actually, appeal. if we were gonna, yeah, but honestly, if James Earl Jones was a dog, I'd Ken Corso, I would I would go with that. So I think double <laughs> double hitter, you did it, you did it quite well there. What okay, did you so, pick? Um, I picked the skipper key, <laughs> and I really I really thought about it because I looked it up, I looked at a picture, and I'm going, it, it's because of the black angular preciseness of the snout it's very direct it knows what it wants it doesn't care what you want it's going to do what it wants and it doesn't make any difference who's in the way it it just for me it's so little true it i believe me i went back and forth but i just but it's so black (laughs) (laughs) and they are kind of i mean they're a, a tough aggressive Yes. Little dog. Do you remember? Do you remember the one that uh, uh, my groom and very good friend Jessica had? Chaucer. Uh, no, I'm really. I am surprised you don't remember. He was. Yeah, he was. That was the only one I ever knew. But I'll tell you what. It was a Darth Vader. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that right there. Vader dog. Now Yoda for me was really easy. Okay, this is. I struggled with this one. Um, I picked the French bulldog. <laughs> Even though, oh in, yeah, in their in their uh, wisdom category, I wouldn't rate them high on the Yoda scale. Yes, but on the way they look, <laughs> no, okay, no, that that was good because I kept. The, yeah, no, that's good. Okay, because I okay, so I went with the Chinese crested. <laughs> 
because Actually, that's very good. Okay, thank you. Because I again, I was proud of myself for that because that was all me, and I went totally by looks, completely and utterly by looks, not by what a Chinese crest it is. So, um, yeah, I went by looks too because okay. a French bulldog really isn't Yoda esque except with their ears. Well, but in the little cute and little the eyes. Yeah. No, true. No, I yeah that no it, 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 very that is a very good. Um, very, very good. Because once you said that, I was like, why didn't I think of that? I, I'm, I thought for sure you would have picked that. Well, yeah. Maybe I you just know them too well. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. No, there's I'm no way it. that's a Yoda dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's so funny. Okay. okay. So Chewbacca, I, I had so many choices. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know whether to base it on just the way he looked or the sound that he makes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I finally ended with a black chow. Oh. Okay. I would, okay, I wouldn't even, I hadn't even thought of chow. I hadn't even thought of chow. Okay. All right. Well, I, I went, I went totally by looks on this one as well. Um, because this was, could, this it could have gone so many different ways. I had a couple different um, thoughts but ended up with the Pyrenees, the Great Pyrenees. But they're they, so sweet. Well, I went by looks. Big, hairy, blocky head. Because okay, honestly. So, so what, I, what I eliminated was the Bernese Mountain Dog. That's, see, that's what Ray wanted. The French Briard. Oh, yeah, good. The Alaskan Malamute. Okay. And the Bristles Griffon. See, I almost went with a Brussels Griffon because, again, I've had a Brussels Griffon. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> listeners are going to go, seriously, what hasn't she had? I haven't had a Pyrenees, people, okay? <laughs> or a Chinese Crested. But I'm still young. But they, um, I was going to say, they, they may be in your future. Yeah, but I'm still young. Um, and I have never had a poodle. But, um, no, because honestly, that to me, look-wise, the shape of the dog's head. But it was such a small dog. That I kept thinking it had to be something bigger. Yeah, me too. Yep. Okay, well, that was good. That was good. <laughs> well done on the uh, the, the uh, golden retriever, though. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. And we were pretty close on Han Solo. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to go ahead and send you a picture of what um, Gavin looks like right now. And you're going to go, yeah, that's a total Ewok. <laughs> Because he, he, hasn't, he hasn't been groomed in a long time. So <laughs> he looks just like that. Well, I, I, I think I need to dress one of my Aussies as Han Solo. Oh, God, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> They'll hate me forever for doing that, but... Probably. I mean, they just have... Sabi, Kimasabi is a Han Solo. Oh, he totally is. He totally is. He totally is. But I don't see him ever going rogue. I see him being perfect all the time. Oh, you... I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to have my view of what Sabi is, and you can have your view. <laughs> you mean reality and illusion? Got uh-huh. it. Yeah. Well, as, as I remember the times when <clears throat> he would uh, do naughty things as a puppy, but that was so long ago. <laughs> he still does them. <laughs> I find that so hard to believe. All I see him is being Mr. Perfect Sob. And as you know, Hannah loves that dog. I know she does. She'll get to see him this winter. I know she'll get to see him pretty soon. And then yep. you guys can go to the dog park. I go there twice a day because with two Aussies, if you don't blow off their steam twice a day, you are in real trouble. 
believe it. Like They're the Jack movie. Russell of the Brothers. <laughs> These aren't the droids we're looking for. Well, Tiggy, that was a lot of fun. The sponsors of our show, which is Biostar, BiostarUS.com, and on Facebook, BiostarUS. You can get the Horse Radio Network phone app or iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and it's easy to use. Even I can use it, which is saying a lot. <laughs> which is saying a lot. <laughs> for details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog, hug your horse, and feed your chickens. 